Welcome to episode 103 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. As of Monday, May 8th, 2023, the Toronto Maple Leafs are down 3 nothing in the second round against the Florida Panthers. It is looking very very bleak right now the Leafs need a miracle they need a miracle and it's so frustrating and so disappointing because this series could easily be 2-1 Toronto or at worst 2-1 Florida but of course the Leafs find themselves down 3-0 they have not been swept in a seven game series since 1979 and we're going to break down game three the entire series give you our thoughts and opinions on everything that has gone down so far. We might even talk about what's going to happen if the Leafs lose this series. What do they do with the core four and some of the other pieces on the roster? We are going to go over all of that. This is going to be a very juicy episode, so I promise you want to stay tuned until the very end. But before we get into all that, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore. How you doing today, man? <laughs> How am I doing today, Anthony Bruno? Well, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, as I always do, uh, I slept like a baby last night, Anthony Bruno, because what keeps you up at night? Frustration or anger. I had a lot of that after game two, as I'm sure people saw from our previous recording. But last night, watching the game, you know, of course, different feelings run through your mind and run through your soul when you're watching your favorite hockey team. But when bad things happen in life, okay, there's different ways you can react. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can be frustrated. But of all of them, I think the worst you can have is to be confused. Okay. Watching the game last night, I was confused. I could not understand how bad certain players looked. Going over some of the numbers from the game that are shooting all over Twitter, it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And even on a positive way of like, okay, how like Lafferty and Camp were our best two players. I think the stat was, was it Lafferty and Gustafson or Camp and Gustafson had like the most shots on goal for us. So, so bad for, and people know what we're going to get into. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, for all three of them in that game, the most important game they've played is Toronto Maple Leafs to play like that. I got nothing. I can't be upset. I can't be frustrated. I'm just, again, I'm confused at how that could happen. And I'm a numbers guy. I'm always the first person to roll my eyes when people create a narrative based on a result. And as we always say, take the easy way out and say, Oh, they just didn't have it or they didn't have heart and character. But this time, I don't know what else you can point to for players that good, that talented to look that bad in that situation. I have no words. And that's why I say I slept like a baby. I was watching that overtime, Bruno, and I hate to say it. I was waiting for a Florida goal because we didn't deserve it. Like I went on my rant last episode shitting on the Leafs uh, for how they played and the easy goals they gave away. And some people were quick to point and say, yo, Lepore, like they played well, expected goals was good, 22 shots on goal, they got unlucky. 
So yeah, like you calm down a bit and you see that stuff and you're like, yeah, I mean, multiple things can be true. They can, they can play like shit and also things not go their way and you lose. But last night, no. Like they 100% deserved to lose. I, can you imagine you flew down to Florida to watch that? Disaster. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, I, I don't know if I've ever been so just kind of depleted <laughs> as a Leafs fan because I've got nothing. I've got nothing to say. There's nothing I can point to to say, well, they just hit four posts and they got unlucky or they got goalied or, you know, they lost by a goal and that's hockey. No, they didn't show up. How can, like, how can you look in the mirror after a game like that? Unreal. Like, I'd, I'd want to crawl into a hole and die. And this is where I'm going to get a little selfish. Th- just think of Leafs fans, man. Pe- think of Leafs fans. Everything we do, everything we spend money on. Like, the story, oh, the story of year, oh, how much are Leafs playoff tickets? The new jersey comes out and it's sold out. You can't get one. The new Drake clothing line is selling in the secondary market for five times the price. We eat all that shit up, okay? We are. We want to support them. We, we want tr- them to do well. Ask anyone in hockey media. They're like, nobody travels like Leafs fans. Wherever you go, even a, like Dallas, the, there's Leafs fans in the building, like in a, in a good amount of them. So again, it's selfish, but I am a fan. So I'm going to talk about fans. How can you look in the mirror and know that you've done that to so many people, that you've disappointed so many people who care so much about you? And I know I'm getting a little cheesy now, but and kind of creating a narrative on its own. But that's what I'm thinking. Like it, It's truly, truly unfathomable how bad those three players were. And I'll let you go on your ramp, Bruno, and then we'll get into some numbers <laughs> to get more specific about it. It's so disappointing because just like I said, right off the top of this show, this series could easily be 2-1 Toronto or at the very worst 2-1 Florida. And then the Leafs are heading into game four with a chance to tie the series at two. And now they got to climb this mountain and they need a miracle. Can they do it? Maybe, probably not knowing this team and knowing their history in the playoffs. I mean, it seems insurmountable at this point, but that's the most frustrating thing to me. They let it get away in those first two games on home ice at the very worst. That should have been a one, one split considering how they played. They played well at home game one. They weren't quite as dominant as game two, like game two, the Leafs play that game a hundred times. They probably, probably win 97 times out of a hundred. So that's what's so frustrating to me, how thin the margins are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we know this. If you're a hockey fan, if you're a Leaf fan, you understand how thin these margins are. This is a 3-0 series, but it doesn't really feel like a 3-0 series based on how the Leafs have played over these first three games. Saying all that, game three was bad. They didn't show up. They didn't deserve to win. As you said, Lepore, they went to overtime, but I didn't feel good. No. Based on how they were playing, they did not deserve to win that game. And then all those icings to start overtime, they looked discombobulated. They looked out of sync all night. The core four did not show up. Just to go over the stats quickly. Oh, no. (laughs) Zero goals and four assists for the core four in the first three games of this series. Compare that to last series against Tampa. Oh, man. 
Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and William Nylander had 13 goals and 34 points in six games against the Lightning. So they go from slaying their demons, finally getting over the hump, the core four and Morgan Riley. I don't want to not mention Morgan Riley. They carry the team. They slay the dragon, who are the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then they come into the second round, and this happens. They run into Sergei Bobrovsky, who, as I mentioned on the last show, had his best two-game stretch as a member of the Florida Panthers. Since signing with the Florida Panthers, his best two-game stretch statistically from a goal-saved-above-expected standpoint were games one and two against the Leafs in the playoffs. Listen, the Leafs have had some bad luck. They, they were goalied to a certain extent in those first couple of games. But there's still no excuse that this team should be down 3 nothing to a wildcard team. But here's another thing I'll say, Lepore. All of these games against the Panthers this year have been razor thin. The Leafs and Panthers have now played seven games this season. Five of the seven games have been one-goal games. <laughs> if you look at the score on aggregate, the Leafs are up 21-20 to on the Panthers on aggregate this season. So it just goes to show... Every game this, these teams have played this season have been razor thin. And I laugh because people are like, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. That's all bullshit. Well, what happened in the regular season is happening again in the playoffs. They're all one-goal games, but now it's just falling the way of the Florida Panthers. So, again, I don't want to make excuses for this team. They clearly have not showed up in this series, the core four specifically. And now they have an insurmountable mountain to climb here. I don't know if they're going to get it done. I still think there's a sliver of hope that they could actually oh. make this a series. But oh, Bruno. <laughs> it's uh it's it's brutal, man. It's brutal that they put themselves in this situation and they only have themselves to blame. The Stanley Cup playoffs are here and so are your friends at Manscaped. They're making sure you're at your best when it matters most. Use the lawnmower 4.0 to chop through your bush just like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner chop through defenders. You can have the smoothest balls in the league by going to manscaped.com and using our exclusive promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore Manscaped never misses with their products. Nope, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, Manscaped never misses. Great products, everyone. So many different options. As soon as you're done watching this video, head over to manscaped.com, look at everything, throw some items in your cart, and don't you dare forget, use the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. And if there's one item you want to keep that bush clean, it's this cool. bad boy right here, the Lawnmower no, 4.0. Trust me when I tell you this will change your life. All right, fellas. <laughs> so do what you need to do to be the best version of yourself. And that right. is by going to manscaped.com and using our exclusive promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and use GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. I think... Again, like those talking points, Bruno, like I understand them and I can understand how fans could feel that way. But after last night, I can't help but just think, well, you're getting what you deserve. Even if you have one bad game like that in that situation, you deserve to be here. This is where you are in a, in a situation where it's almost impossible to win. Again, no no words, Bruno, for how bad those guys play. You look at the expected goal, goals percentages of Matthews, uh, Marner, and Tavares. Like, 
pathetic. Pathetic. I was sitting there and comment down below, Leafs fans. I was watching that game and I couldn't help but think to myself, at what point are we going to bench Marner? How bad he was. I've never seen that in game three. I've never seen Marner fight the puck like that. Just bad anticipation, bad timing, bad decisions. Unreal. Unreal. And like, I I don't know, man. Like people can say, oh, you can turn a switch on. No, you can't just turn a switch on and dial in. I guess it's just got to be in you. And he didn't have it last night. Like that was crazy how bad he was. This is a guy as a winger who just got nominated for a Selkie. We're not talking about a good player. We're talking about an elite player. And that was that was probably his worst game as a Leaf. Very well could have been his worst game as a Leaf. And again, with how bad the three of them were, because I will say, I thought Nylander still had some jam. Like it wasn't his best game, but I didn't think he was terrible. Tavares, yeah, he Matthews, was definitely the best of the core four, in my opinion. Tavares, Matthews, Marner. I was genuine, again, genuinely... Uh, like I said, I was asking myself if Marner was going to get a bench. I couldn't help but also ask myself, like, are we going to find out that there's like a flu going around the team or they got food poisoning or something? Because that's how bad it was. And I'm not saying I think it was something like that and I'm making excuses. I'm just saying that's what it looked like. I got no energy, no speed, no intensity. How is it possible that in this game, with your essentially your backs against the wall, do or die, fire off any cheesy line you want. You're that bad. And you post that. How can you not just be naturally desperate? You watch a game, there's a minute to go, a team's down by one, and you see that extra little bit of jump in the team that's losing because they want to tie it. They're motivated. I saw nothing. Yeah, that was night. nowhere to be found in game three. And, and I don't, I mean... Talk to a sports psychologist about it. Like, I have no idea how that can happen. But I hate to say it, man. Like, I've watched I've watched a lot of hockey this playoffs pretty well. As much hockey as I can. I mean, I can't watch the games that are going on during the Leafs. But even watching yesterday, I mean, of course, Jersey smashed Carolina. But just, like, the level of intensity. You could just feel it. Like, there was no – Carolina didn't have a chance. They were all over them, even beyond the goals and the, the scoreline. The goals, the crowd, just riding that momentum. And they didn't stop. They kept going. And then watching Seattle last night, just like an excited group, a group that went there to kill the opponent. None of that. And in this situation, and again, like I say it, you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. People can roll their eyes all, all, all they want, but you're playing for more because there's so many of us who are emotionally invested in you. And to do that, I'm sure I'm just kind of going around in circles with my words because there's nothing really to say. Like I said, there's there's nothing to break down from this game of, again, oh, the goalie played amazing or this power play had we scored. No, they didn't deserve a thing. And I would be going on this exact rant had they won in overtime. 100%, 100%. My tune would change as to whether or not they can win the series, but still be ripping those three hard. Because again, the only way to describe how I'm feeling right now is confused. That might have been the worst game Mitch Marner has played as a Leaf. I don't know if it was the worst game, but it was one of the worst games. And what was so frustrating to watch is that the Matthews and Marner line was just getting caved in. I'm looking at the shot attempts right now. 
Did you know that Mitch Marner finished dead last on the Leafs in shot attempt percentage at five on five in I game do. three? With Marner on the ice at five on five, the Leafs were outshot 29 to 13 from a shot attempt perspective. So not actual shots, but shot attempts. With Matthews on the ice at five on five, the shot attempts were 29-18 in favor of Florida. And then when you look at the expected goals, it was more of the same. Marner finished dead last in expected goals four percentage at five on five. Like, how do you explain that? Your two best players in essentially a do-or-die situation, you can't go down 3 nothing. You just can't. On the road, with everything that this team has gone through in the Matthews and Marner era dating back to 2016-2017, everything that has plagued this team, all the, the jokes and the memes and you know the narrative that they can't get it done when all the chips are down, after they just did get it done when all the chips are down against Tampa, to now revert to what we have seen over the last number of years was the most disappointing thing of all. And they only have themselves to blame at this point. And you know what? I don't want to throw the entire core four under the bus because as you said, I I think Nylander's actually been pretty good in this series. Like he has showed moments where he's trying to take over a game. Like I think back to game two, all those plays that he made in the third period, setting up Tavares, driving to the net, being the most explosive player on the ice for the Leafs, the most explosive player on the ice, period, for both teams. But William Nylander is not getting paid the same amount as Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares. And those three guys just have not been good enough. And listen, Nylander would also tell you he hasn't been good enough. But that was the most disappointing thing of all, is that the faces of the franchise, the guys who are making all the money, we're just garbage in game three. And I don't know what it was. Like, how do you have, you know, a couple days off to recalibrate, to rest your body, to think about this, and then to come out the way that they came out in game three? I mean, it's just unacceptable. What's weird, you look back at the history of hockey, and there have been a lot of players who have been called out for not stepping up in the playoffs, for playing below what they were playing in the regular season. But the arguments always existed that, you know, the the playoffs are a small sample size. So then as time went on, things kind of caught up for those players in the playoffs. Eventually they exploded. Eventually their teams broke through, right? I ask people, I ask people because people, and you say, but even before the series, before the playoffs even started, oh, the Leafs can't get it done because they don't have any heart and character. They don't have what it takes. And I'll stop them and I'll say, okay, well, you tell me, other players in the league who also fall into that category. And it's hard for them to think of one because I mean, you look at the stars around the league, they're performing. So it's just kind of a coincidence that they all play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. These guys who can't just step it up. And even again, looking back at history after teams win, people forget Detroit had a hard time. They were getting bounced. Uh, like I'm, I'm from Ottawa. Look at the Sens. They were losing to the Leafs uh, four years in a row. Eventually, they broke through. They made a final. They made a conference final. This goes against anything I've ever seen as a hockey fan. Because, like I said, eventually talent rose. Eventually, maybe if a player or players were overwhelmed by a certain moment, you put them in that moment again, or maybe a third time, they get it. They're mentally prepared for it. But this group, they just keep doing it over and over and over again. And I, 
And I'll be the first one to say last year when they lost to Tampa, the run it back argument existed. It definitely, it it definitely, they lost to the the two-time defending champs by a single goal in game seven. They had a three, two series lead. That's hockey that happens. And had that happened again, or even in this series, had they lost a tight series where Bobrovsky played amazing and Florida just pulled one out of their ass, I'd be like, yeah, that's just hockey you lose. But this, we're allowed to feel this way. We are allowed to be angry. We are. There, there's no unreasonable take today. And that's rare as a Leafs fan to say, like among amongst Leaf fans and Leafs media, there is no take with regard to the coach, the GM, or any of the players that I would completely dismiss because there's nothing we can say. There's nothing we can point to in terms of reasoning why this team is doing this right now. Again, I, I wish, I wish there was something I had, something I had more to say, but all I all I can, all I'm seeing is that these guys don't have it. The switch doesn't go on. So at at a certain point, you can't just say, oh, well, they're talented. No, like it's embarrassing enough for Leafs fans. I mean, we're going to get, we're going to get even more embarrassing if that's possible, if this keeps going. And listen, we're going to do a full autopsy after this series. And we're going to break down what exactly we think is going to happen in the off season. And that'll come, but let's wait to see what happens because here's another thing I'll say just to bring everything back down a little bit. We can't go from one extreme and say, oh my God, the core finally has heart and grit and everything, and they finally came through in the clutch and slayed the dragon and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning to now the core sucks again and has no heart and grit and can't win in the playoffs. There is a middle ground here. I'm not saying you run it back with the same core, but we can't go from one extreme to the next in the span of a week. And we will talk about that later in this show. We'll kind of break down what we think is going to happen with the core four or even the coaching staff in the front office. But before we do that, let's look ahead to game four. Mm. All right. So Ilya Samsonov appears to be out potentially for the series. That was a big collision with Luke Shen. And listen, Samsonov, he's had some really good moments and he was fantastic down the stretch against the Tampa Bay lightning, but he has been bad in this series. He has been sucked completely outplayed by Sergei Bobrovsky. Just looking at Samsonov's overall playoff numbers, like Lepore, if I told you this was the starting goalie's playoff numbers for your favorite team, would you think they had any chance of making a deep playoff run? Let me read this out to you. Samsonov, 4-4 four and four, with an 898 save percentage and a 3-1-3 goals against in nine playoff games. If I told you that, would you think there's any chance this Leaf team could make a deep playoff run? No, of course not. It's impossible. He hasn't been good enough. So Joseph Wall, honestly, at this point, is the least of my worries. He's been a monster all year, not only in the AHL, in the NHL. He was pretty good last night, getting put into almost an impossible situation, coming in cold out of nowhere in a must-win playoff game. And he made some big-time saves. So how are we feeling about game four? Because I think the Leafs, honestly, I think they're going to win game four. <laughs> and I know people think I'm nuts. Here's Bruno oh, again, the Leafs homer with his blue-colored glasses. Shut up for a second, okay? Shut up. I don't think the Leafs are going to get swept. This team hasn't been swept in a seven-game series since 1979. 
And now what's funny, Lepore, is that now the pressure's off. The core four is like, well, we're down 3-0. Oh. We didn't show up in game three. Now watch them show up in game four and completely dominate this Panthers team. The most Leafs thing of all time, Lepore, would be Toronto dominating Florida in game four, getting back into the series, winning game five, maybe winning game six, forcing a game seven, and then losing on home ice in game seven. Do you mean that though, Bruno? Like, let's step back for a second. No pressure. I still think there's pressure because if they get swept, that is such a bad look. Can they can they show their faces in Toronto this summer? Man, That's if they why, get man. swept, it's the first round for a lot of the fan base. And listen, I know there's a lot of rational fans who take a step back and no. look at the big picture, but for 98% of the fan base, it's going to be right back to this team can't get it done when it matters most. And that first round is going to be completely wiped from memory for the majority yeah. of this fan base. It's it's going to mean fuck all for, for a lot of fans. In terms of game four, I mean, do I have a prediction? No, because it's hockey and ridiculous things happen all the time. But what I don't want, and I'm being honest here, I don't want the Leafs to make it a series and it come down to something very, very small. I don't want this like marginal loss where it comes down to a call or I don't know, like something that the Leafs hit a post in an overtime because I don't want the discussion this summer to be about that. Kind of like last year, the chatter, there's a lot of chatter about the uh, the goal Tavares scored and oh, how Hall got called for interference. Should that have been called? I do not want the Leafs to turn this around and make it a series. So then this summer, when the discussions are had amongst Leaf fans as to why they lost, they're pointing to something like that. No, 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 no. I do not want people to forget how bad this team has been. No excuse. So if you're going to lose, lose in four. Lose in four. Because again, I do not want talking on the what ifs. No, 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 no. You were bad. You got what you deserved. You got your ass kicked. Whether it was in game four or five or six for that matter, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying I don't want the chirping to go around from the birds about how it, it was close. It wasn't close or, you know, it's not even about being close. Uh, people always say, Oh, this team deserved that. You know, that team deserved that. You don't deserve anything. You get what you deserve. There's it, it's result based. Like I said, in the last podcast, the goal is to have one more goal than the other team. When the clock hits zero, that is all. So, there's, there's never been a team that's won the Stanley Cup. People have been like, oh, they didn't deserve it. Well, like the losing team. The, did one of the teams that lost games deserve it? And what I'm, what I'm getting at here is no one can say the Leafs deserved it. No one. You look at the numbers from last year's series against Tampa. Some of them make no sense. Like, how did they lose this series? Same thing with Montreal. The underlying numbers were a joke. How could they possibly lose this series? This one? Again, like I said, you get what you deserve, but I at least understood the commentary in the previous series. This series, no, 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 no. Again, there is none of that. I don't want to hear about numbers. I don't want to hear about a shot that hit the post and went in or hit the post and went wide. I don't want to hear about Wes McCauley and a call the Leafs got or did not get. I want the target and focus to be on the players. That is it. That is all I want to hear. I don't want anything else. Because they deserve what's coming to them unless they can mir miraculously turn this around.
Yeah, please don't blame Wes McCauley or the refs in general. Please don't blame other factors. Blame the players. And, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of blame on the core four, and deservedly so. But the defensive mistakes and the turnovers have been a major issue in this series. And not only did that not happen against Tampa, that barely happened all season long. The Leafs took so many strides forward defensively. You heard it from Paul Maurice. Like, Paul Maurice talked about how good the Leafs turned it around defensively. Like, how good they are now in their defensive zone. He's like, this team really collapses in front of the net. They don't give you a lot in the middle of the ice. It's hard to break through them in the in the uh, when the when the Panthers are in the offensive zone. Like, they have a really good structure in place. And that has gone completely out the window. And I even think about the penalty kill last night when Anthony Duclair scored that breakaway goal. Like how does Justin Hall and Jake McCabe let Anthony Duclair get, get behind them for a breakaway? Like that's just unacceptable. And I understand you're down a man, but you can't let that shit happen. The turnovers in game two, Matthews and Marner combining for that turnover. I mean, we talked about this on the game two reaction pod, the William Nylander turnover, blowing a tire in the neutral zone. There's just been so many moments in this series where the Leafs have been hemmed in their end, can't get the puck out, stupid turnovers, and things that they have not been doing all year for the most part. They may have been doing that a few years ago. I know that narrative still goes around. The Leafs suck defensively, blah, blah, blah. They All their D-men suck. Their D-core's a disaster. That wasn't the case this year. And you saw that in the first round. You can't name more than three times in the first round against Tampa that they were making the stupid mistakes that they've made in this series against Florida. And that to me has been equally as disappointing as the core four putting up zero goals in four games. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, it it makes no sense. This team, Bruno, this team with the billion dollars they spend in their, on their forwards. What's the stat five games in a row scoring two goals. Is that it? That's another thing. The Leafs have scored 10 goals in the last five playoff games. How are you going to win? How are you going to win playoff games? Scoring two goals a game in a five-game stretch. Makes absolutely no sense. It's, it's not team... close to good enough. And Laporte, that brings me back to some of the past series. And we've talked about this on so many pods. It's not even... And again, I just talked about how many mistakes they've made defensively. But I think back to the Columbus series. They scored 10 goals in five Yeah, games. they couldn't score. Yeah. The end of the Habs series, they couldn't score. The end of the Lightning series last year, they couldn't score. The power power play went cold against Tampa, yeah. And now you're seeing the same issues. In the last five playoff games, this team has generated two goals per game. That that cannot happen. With all the talent on this roster, that just simply cannot happen. And that's what's been so frustrating to me, is that if the offense just shows up, they're winning they're winning at least one or two of these games in this Panthers series. And that's, that's what's so frustrating is that it shouldn't be three, nothing, but it is, it is three, nothing. And there's nothing we can do about that. And as we said, no one deserves more blame than the players themselves. Never, never mind Sheldon Keith. I've even heard takes about how he's getting completely out coached. I think that's being a little like that's overblown a little bit. I, I think this 90% of this is on the players. I don't want to throw Sheldon Keefe under the bus. Has Sheldon Keefe been great? No, I don't think so. Has the officiating been a problem? Yes, to a certain degree. But 90% of this is on the players. It's as simple as that. 
Yeah. I don't think. And again, I like that. I'm happy about that because they deserve it. If they get swept, if they don't pull off a miracle, they deserve everything that's coming to them. And people can say it's hard to play on the on the uh, play, hard to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What you deal with, what you listen to, and yeah, it's true. And sometimes it, things are a lot worse than what you deserve. They deserve all of it, all of it, because it comes down to effort. It's not. It's not even about losing, Lo- losing these series in the past. We've never been during the whole Matthews era. Okay. We've never, I mean, maybe we can point to the Capitol series when they were all rookies, but we've never been able to sit back as Leafs fans and say, and it happens, it's sports. Sometimes you'll lose, even in a loss. Wow, man, they gave it their all and we're proud of them. We've never been able to do that. That hasn't happened since that Capitol series in 2017. We've always been left disappointed. And people can say, oh, when you lose, you're disappointed. It's not even about losing. Even those game sevens against the Bruins, like they, I'm not saying they didn't show up, but it, it never felt like they were going to win. Montreal was Montreal. Columbus, God, geez, like everything went wrong for this team. Can you just let us be proud of you every few years? Say, you know the what? Thing, like, we're trying. Leaf fans are trying. We want to support you. We're going to the games, we're buying the jerseys, we're liking all your posts on Instagram and social oh. media. Do something for the fan base. Show up. When it matters most, and that's, like you said, has been the most frustrating thing to deal with as a Leaf fan during this tenure, during the Matthews and Marner era. Something that freaked me out, I saw Whitney from Spin Chicklets posted yesterday. He said, so it's been obviously nine, everyone knows, 19 years since the Leafs won a playoff series. So if it took another 19 years, think of this for a second, Bruno, it's 2042. How gross is that? How disgusting is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw that tweet. I'm like, I've never puked from a tweet, but I may puke. So now I they're going to go puke. another 19 years not being able to get out of the second round. They'll finally yeah, for, break through it, to the conference finals in 2042. And get swept. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's just, it's it's beyond frustrating at this point because we want to be proud of this team just one time. And listen, we were proud of the team in the first round against Tampa. Lee fans were proud. They were sticking out their chest, walking around with a smile on their face after they won that series. But, you know, the Leaf haters will be quick to point out that the Leafs got outplayed for the majority of that series. And sure, that was the case. Tampa was the better team, I would say, for the majority of the series, whether that was 53-47, 52-48, 56-44, however you want to slice it up. And now they've they've gone the other way. They outplay Florida in the first two games and lose and then lay an egg in game three. And now all of a sudden it's three, nothing. So, I mean, there's, you know, what was, you know, what was funny last night, Lepore speaking about, you know, how I said Sheldon Keith has, has been outcoached. He has been outcoached, honestly, to a certain degree. I don't think it's been like an egregious level of, of being outcoached, but I think back to game three, they really put a lot of faith in Eric Gustafson. Like hmm. they kept, throwing him out there. And it was funny because he was making mistakes. He was turning the puck over. And I'm like, okay, now I get why they didn't want anything to do with Eric Gustafson in these playoffs. Cause this guy can't be relied upon whatsoever. And it just goes to show like Sheldon Keefe was like, I don't know what to do at this point because Mark Giordano looks horrible and slow and old. Justin Hall sucks. 
Jake McCabe is out here making mistakes. He's like, who cares at this point? I'm going to throw out Eric Gustafson and maybe he makes a play. And guess what? Yeah. He did make a play. He yeah. scored a goal. And I know it went in off a Panther stick, but it just got to the point. It's like, wow. Like no one's getting it done. And Sheldon Keith is out here relying on Eric Gustafson to go and make plays, knowing that he is screwing up defensively and one mistake the other way could end this series. That's the point that we've reached with this Leaf team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move on to a little bit of an autopsy here. Okay. Mm, and listen, the series isn't over. I think we're both you know, thinking that the series is over at this point. I still think that the Leafs might have a minor miracle in them. Again, I the most Leaf thing that I could see happening is Toronto winning three games in a row and then losing game seven on home ice. I think that's the most Leafy outcome possible. But let's look ahead. If the Leafs lose this series, which there's like a 92% chance that they lose the series, it's probably higher than that. What do you do with the core four? Let me remind everyone, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, or Austin Matthews and William Nylander, I should say, are eligible to sign extensions on July 1st, 2023. That's coming up in a few months here. Mm -hmm. All right? Mitch Marner and John Tavares have an extra year on their contracts, one more year than Matthews and Nylander have. But if they get swept, if they lose in five, if they lose in six or seven, whatever, you cannot run it back with the same core. So what's the play here? And again, we will like really dig into this in the off season, but what is the play here? Like, what do you do with this core four at this point? I think if there was ever time for, uh, well, they've already had one. <laughs> so if there was another time for a Leafs reality show, I'd want it to be over this summer. If this team loses this series. Absolutely. I think, I think of the Matthews discussion. Okay. So again, like you said, eligible to sign on July 1st. If I'm Dubas and Pridham, Wickenheiser, Spezza, Shani in that room, whoever else is in there, Austin Matthews walks in with his agent. Austin, what are you looking for? Throws out a number. If he asks to be the highest paid player in the league, I will roll my eyes and say, there's the door, Austin. Yeah, no chance at this point. How things have changed. How things have changed. And I said a while back about apathy for Leafs fans where is people question, you know, is that possible? Leafs fans, there's just so many of them and they're so crazy and so passionate. I'll ask you Bruno. Okay. And try to your best to answer this question. Honestly, this team gets swept. Okay. They put up another dud in game four. You know, even if they do lose in five or six or whatever, this team just loses the series. We wake up on July one. And we find out that Austin Matthews has signed an eight year extension at, I'll call it a reasonable price, like not 15 million, like 12 like, say, million, say, but like 12, but somewhere, somewhere between 12 and 13 million. Okay. Are we even excited? No, I don't think no. we're really excited at all. I'd be kind of like, okay, like whatever. He, he's whatever. coming back. He's a great player. He's been a fantastic goal scorer since the second he walked into the league, but what I look at Lapore is what McDavid and Drysidle are doing, specifically oh, Drysidle. Such a slap in the face, eh? Such a slap in the You know what, Oilers fans, Oilers fans, Leafs and Oilers fans, for some reason. I mean, maybe it's the whole Matthews versus McDavid thing. If, I mean, thing, I call it, but it's not a thing. I find sometimes we're at each other's throats 
and it's not like you know Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, where like the geography is close, or like you know Calgary, Edmonton. So I was kind of wondered why it's like that, but give it to us Oilers fans <laughs> like bring it on man like you guys have the green light to pour everything on Toronto Maple Leafs fans right now the way your players went into game two um, again not a must win but like an, a very important game you don't want to go down to nothing and Dreisaitl just becomes the the man of all men McDavid scores that beautiful shorthanded goal look what other fan bases are allowed to point to and we are the exact opposite. The yeah, Oilers fans opposite. at this point, they can say whatever they want. Like, I think everyone in the hockey world, any hockey fan on the planet right now, is taking McDavid and Drysaddle over Matthews and Marner 100 times out of 100. You take them over all four of them, I think, right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those guys are driving the bus. Drysaddle just became the third fastest player in history to reach 75 points in the playoffs. Yeah. The guy has 13 goals in eight playoff games. Bro, he's six back of the record. It's absurd. It's like, the second round. If they get to the conference finals and, and you know, maybe even the cup final, like this dude might score like 25 goals at this yeah. rate. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. So when you look at what those guys are doing, it just makes the situation even worse. And again, exactly. we're not saying that we expect... Matthews and Marner to put up McDavid numbers. Now, listen, maybe the dry settle conversation at one point was closer with Matthews and dry settle and Marner and dry settle, but dry settle is just like, he's no. taken off in his Ferrari and he is not looking back at this point based on what that guy has done in the playoffs. So it's tough. And yeah, Lapore, like I don't think any leaf fan would be overly excited if Matthew signs an eight year extension. Now, if he doesn't sign, then you have to look at trading him. 100%. Because if he does not sign that extension, that would indicate to to me, probably to the front office and everyone in that organization that he doesn't want to be here. And then you're going to have to look at trading him. And it it could be potentially the same thing with William Nylander. And listen, be very careful what you wish for, Leaf fans, because who has been the one guy that's been able to take over games, has looked the most explosive. Plays to his value. Plays to his value, who has arguably, arguably been the Leafs' best player in this series among the forwards. That's been William Nylander. So be very careful what you wish for, because you lose that guy, 40 goals. He's more explosive than Matthews and Marner. Now, I'm not saying he's as, he's as good as them, but in terms of like, when you got to get beat that neutral zone trap and you need that speedster who can carry the puck in with confidence and make plays. You need guys like that in the playoffs. So be very careful what you wish for with William Nylander because he could become the scapegoat for this whole thing. And and quite frankly, I don't think he deserves it. You think, I mean, I kind of thought we were done with that. I mean, there's always a Nylander debate. I kind of think that's gone by the wayside. I can't I imagine don't someone like the pointing- guy, man. What's that? People still don't like Nylander. Yeah, again, reason. okay, like I always say, get your heads out of your asses. Get your heads out of your asses. I know his last name's Nylander, and he has long blonde hair, and he's silky smooth. It doesn't mean that he's not effective when it matters. Open your eyes. Watch the game. How can you watch the last two games and point to that? No, I'll point to the Canadian, the kid from the GTA and the American prodigy. That's who I'll point to. Oh, and the uh, the other kid from the GTA, Tavares, who had exceptional dollar captain, who, who was had exceptional status as like a fifteen year old, and was this phenom coming up. Those are the guys I'll point to. No, it's the Swede get, getting it done. Unreal man. But I, you mentioned the Matthews thing, and it affects the Nylander situation as well. I guess Nylander is a different discussion altogether because Matthews is another animal in terms of 
sort of the brand he is and the salary. But the situation has changed. And again, we're assuming they're going to lose this series, but the situation has changed. I think before the question was, does Austin Matthews want to be here? If he wants to be here, we'll give him the money. We'll make him the highest paid player in the league within. We're not going to go psychotic, but we'll pay him. And that's it. And what I guess to sum it all up, what I'm trying to say here is that it was up to him for the most part where he was going to go into that room, say what he wanted. And as long as it made sense for the brass, they were going to do it. Okay. Now. No, no, Austin, like it's different now because you might go in that room and say, we just don't want you. So, to, or, or, or we want you at this and it may shock the hell out of him. This in, the entire life of this kid, he's been something special. Maybe no one's ever had to give him some bad news to his face or to tell him something negative to his face. Or who knows how he'll react, but no, no. And again, like they could lose this series and things could calm down. But even if someone said 13 million right now, that's pushing it, man. That's pushing Jesus. And, and again, the, the ex, and that's the thing about these expectations. Me shitting on the players I did in the last pod. Again, a lot of people, oh, you know, there's another one person commented, well, there's a $10 million goalie trying to stop them. And that's a good point. That's fair. There, there's two teams here. But at the same time, when you make that kind of money, when you're making into that stratosphere among the highest paid players in the league, the expectations have to be high. Yeah, you got to be able to overcome Bobrovsky playing out of his mind if you're making yeah. that kind of money. If you're making the most money, you're supposed to be the best player when it matters. So how can, and I know the, the, the dry settle situation is different with when he signed and what he was when he signed, but how can you, like, again, I'm picturing this meeting. How could Matthews be like, yeah, like I want 15 million. Dry settle makes eight. You want like almost double what he makes, or you want 2.5 million more than the guy that just had one of the best offensive seasons in the history of the league and is absolutely dominating the playoffs and is a threat every time he he uh, jumps over the boards. The discussion has changed. Nylander, again, I think it's different because I think there's a negotiation there on both sides. But with Matthews, man, I think it's pretty firm now. Like, they're going to go in with something, and if he doesn't want it, see you later. And the other thing I will say... And it's come up. I mean, of course, everyone's always talking about the Leafs and, you know, their downfall and people are going to love it. People are going to hate it. But I heard Chris Johnson say that he wouldn't be surprised if Matthews wanted another, wanted a short deal because kind of like the NBA thing, betting on yourself. If he comes to the table with that, no. Yeah. No, no. I, like you you're not winning to like a three-year deal or something like that. Uh, like I'll put it this way. And especially because of COVID, the cap didn't go up as much as it, uh, it would have if there was no COVID and all the, fi- all the financial stuff. So like, if he wants to like buy some time to sign another monster contract, no, no, you, you don't have that option. now. And, and I'm not saying the Leafs would have entertained that before, but they would have at least listened to it. Okay, like, let's break this down. Now, no. Austin, you're losing this discussion. Sorry, man. Honestly, Lepore, I would be stunned if any of them sign, like, a bridge deal at this point. Like, they're all entering their late 20s. I I think they're all going to want the bag. And again, like, while Leon Dreisaitl is just adding 
to his bankroll with every passing game, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I mean, you're chopping off hundreds of thousands of dollars every game, millions of dollars for that matter, based on how they've been playing in this series. I don't know what you do at this point because, listen, I I don't want to go to extremes and say like, you know, screw Austin Matthews. We don't need him. Like the Leafs need Austin Matthews. All right. They need a number one centerman at the right price. They they can't be signing the guy to a 13 or $14 million contract because he doesn't deserve it at this point. Just based on we're we're just talking business is what we're talking. Yeah. Based on how he matches up with McKinnon, Dreisaitl, McDavid, like you, you just can't. But it's tough because obviously the ideal situation would be getting rid of John Tavares. This guy has no explosiveness. He can't take over playoff games at that salary. Listen, he's still a good player. He's a point per game player. I get it. All right. Like there's, he still shows flashes here and there, but you're seeing now you get into the second round of the playoffs. There's eight teams left the next round. There's four teams left. Like, is anyone confident that John Tavares can take over a playoff game? Never mind a game. Can John Tavares take over a, a, a period? Can he take over a shift? At that salary, he he can't with his lack of explosiveness. Yeah. Five like, on five, Bruno. He had a brutal year. Like when John Tavares comes skating through the neutral zone and tries to dipsy doodle guys like in the offensive zone, like you just know the play is going to die. Mm. Like unless William Nylander or Mitch Marner or whoever he's playing with is setting that guy up on a silver platter, it is very difficult for number 91, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, to create his own offense. It's extremely difficult. So that would be the ideal scenario, but no one's going to take Tavares at that contract. I mean, unless you dump him to some, you know, like Arizona or something like that. So that would be the ideal scenario is that you get rid of John Tavares and his $11 million salary, but he's got a no movement clause. It's just not, it's not realistic. So now you're in a position. It's like, Oh my God, you got to trade one of Matthews, Marner or Nylander. And you're going to lose any trade involving those guys. It's tough. One of my friends actually said, maybe the play is you just wait it out with Tavares, wait for his contract to expire in a couple of years. And then, and then you kind of reevaluate after that. And, and I've thought about what that. you want to do. I've thought about that. Like, that's kind of like the end point. Like we laugh, we laugh at ourselves every year of like, when do we make major changes? Kind of see that as the end point of, What's happening with Tavares? That contract's up, and again, it, it starts with Matthews and Nylander. We'll see, we'll see where it goes, but no one has answers right now. Yeah, no, no, nobody. It's, it's, to me, I have zero predictions, zero, because the, there's so many curveballs being thrown. There's so many different uh, situations that may occur. I. I, 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 if someone asked me what this lineup's going to look like in two years, I'd be like, Jesus, I have no clue at all. Zero clue. Joseph Wall will be in nets. Yeah. I that's think that's I all say. we could be confident in at this point is that Joseph yeah. Wall is going to be here and probably Morgan Riley. Yeah. Maybe Lilligren. <laughs> like, who knows at this point? But yeah, like, let's wait for the series to end. All right. Before we do a full autopsy, before we reevaluate everything that we've seen, you know, I don't even want to get into. Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan and Sheldon Keith. Let's wait. Let's wait it out. See how the series plays out. So Lapore, it's that point of the show. <laughs> I have All a right. Question. Is there the anything question. else you want to get off your chest? 
before we wrap up this podcast. Why did we pick this team, Bruno? That's what I want to get off my chest. <laughs> it's actually impossible. It's impossible to be a Leafs fan. And, you know, sports franchises like the Cubs before they won a World Series, they kind of have like a badge of honor. The, the Browns fans, it's a badge of honor that you still support your team. The Leafs, man. Like, I'd rather just be shit. It's easier that way. There's no debate. There's no discussions. There's no drama. No. The Leafs also, the Leafs are A-plus entertainment all the time. And especially for the people who hate them and want them to lose. It's just, I feel I feel gross right now, man. Like, la- last night was, la- last night was devastating as a fan. It was, because it was truly like, this is what, like, we're just looking at what we have. And this is what it is. So, like I said, it was black and white to me. And that's what makes it so gross is that there's no discussion. But at the same time, this franchise, like, let's step back here. And we're trying to wrap it up. Okay, we're trying to wrap it up. So here's this franchise, okay? Sheriff Shanny comes in. He's going to be the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Everyone loves Brendan Shanahan. I mean, a lot of it's PR, but hey, great. You know, Brendan Shanahan, he's the president, okay? He goes out and gets the Stanley Cup winning coach, okay? Who in his spare time wins Olympic gold medals. Mike Babcock. Okay. They draft William Nylander, the, uh, the son of a former NHL player from Sweden, okay? They draft the best player in the CHL, the GTA boy, Mitch Marner, okay? They draft the... American prodigy, Austin Matthews, okay? So you list all these things. Things are going pretty well, Bruno. Things are going pretty well, okay? Then, as things are coming together, they sign the biggest free agent in the history of the league to a $77 million contract. The guy who wants to come home, the first time a guy wanted to come to Toronto, a name that big, okay? And they've won one round. How is that possible? Unbelievable. I'm also forgetting that this young guru GM was brought in who apparently is better analytically than any executive in history of the sport. So all this excitement, oh, we're different and we're special and we're smarter. It's like gotten us. And that's what, that's what I point to. I talk about like being a Lee fan, even when like you, you look at all that. Okay. You look at all that. I'm not saying, okay, it guarantees you a cop or it guarantees you even a final, but Almost how could it go wrong? Like, how could you not at least have like a conference final appearance or something? Like, how could it go this poorly over the last seven years? And again, I'll say it, Bruno. People talk about, oh, this team, how they're built and how they put it together, luck or whatever. The Leafs have had a lot of luck. Morgan Riley should have went first overall in that draft. Okay. Nylander fell to us. I thought, what was it? Eighth overall? Eighth overall. Everybody forgets. The debate at third overall for the McDavid draft was Strom or Marner. Everyone knew it was going to be McDavid, then Eichel. And then the debate was Strom or Marner. And the Coyotes picked Strom. So we got Marner. More luck for the Leafs in that draft. More luck. Then they win the draft lottery. And look at this. Look where we are. Like, this is a Leaf fan. It's everything could go right. And I'll never forget people. Look it up. It's weird to think now. I was in chapters, okay? You know, you I was probably going to Starbucks, getting a coffee, and you walk past the magazines, like who buys magazines now, right? You just kind of glance at the covers. 
And the hockey news does their issue every year of teams prospects. And they make like the best under 24 team. I think is what they do when they rank all the teams on the cover of the hockey news was Matthews Marner Nylander. And I know they are trying to sell magazines, but to think that this could even be a discussion, the headline was on the cover in front of the three players plan the parade. For oh, the Leafs, Jesus. For the Leafs, it's not a matter of when. It's a matter of how many. That was the title. This team's going to win multiple Stanley Cup. That was a discussion based on all the momentum they had. I think they ranked, if I'm not mistaken, they, in that, like, you know, top 50 prospect thing. They had, like, Marner was second, Nylander was third. Like, they had two of the top three prospects in all of hockey, and then they got first overall. And look where we are here. Just everything everything man just pour it on us pour it on us and i know i'm giving people just more material to poke fun at least fans but i've kind of accepted it now i'm I'm just agreeing with people now oh you, you guys know what Lepore, yeah, we're losers we're losers bruno the beauty of leaf fans is that we know how to make fun of ourselves that's why well, i laugh at all the leafs haters and they, they chirp us and they think that leaf fans are so entitled and this and that leaf fans have been enduring this punishment for a long time all right me and Laporte aren't that old. Like, and listen, if you're like under the age of 20, I'm sorry. I love you. And you're you're probably <laughs> just as big of a Leaf fan as we are, but you have not endured the same level of pain that we have. Thanks. For and watching. even like <laughs> the generation before us, like my dad's generation and oh, uncles yeah. and even older cousins of mine, like people who went through Harold Ballard years. People who have been shit. through the real yeah. shit. Like this has been going on for a long time and we, we, we understand pain. I mean, pain is just what we endure year after year as Leaf fans. So we'll see what happens. All right. Um, <sighs> the series is most likely over, but like I said, knowing the Leafs, they're going to win three straight and then lose in game seven on home ice and get blown out five to one. So sure. We'll see how this plays out. Let us know in the comments down below how you think the rest of this series is going to play out. Are the Leafs going to get swept, or are they going to show that they have even an ounce of spine left? Does this core have even the smallest backbone left to get back into this series? We will see. And that is going to start potentially on Wednesday night in Game 4. Or that could be the last game that we see of, the, of this iteration of this hockey team. Mm. It's... Uh, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot to deal with if the Leafs get swept. But we'll see how it plays out. That is going to do it for episode 103 of the Glens for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. If you're just listening to us for the first time or you're a longtime listener and you really enjoyed this episode, it would be a major help if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you really like this episode, Smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment down below, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lepore, I'm Anthony Bruno. We'll see what happens, everybody. Until then, try to enjoy the rest of the playoffs or anything else going on in your life, and we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone. Oh,